from the Tulsa world. This is the OSU Sports Extra Podcast, sponsored by Albert G's Barbecue. Here are your hosts, Dean Rule and Jawan Lee. What is up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another post-game OSU Sports Extra Podcast. As always, uh, just me, Dean Rule. Coming at you after a 27 to 24 uh, Bedlam victory for Oklahoma State. No Juwan today. He'll be back Tuesday uh, as usual. But for right now, um, the, there's a we're, we're, talk about a turnaround, right? We, we've covered this for the past four weeks, right? Um, oh, it should be Kansas State. Kansas, West Virginia, Cincinnati, and, and now you can add a top 10 uh, Oklahoma team uh, to the to the suddenly surging Oklahoma State. Uh, the, add that to their win column. 5-1 in conference play. And, and we, we talked about this on the podcast Earlier in the week, that you've got a, it almost feels like two semifinal games um, going on this week between Kansas State and Texas, and then Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and whoever whoever ended up winning those games was going to really put themselves in the driver's seat for a for a Big Twelve for Big Twelve contention uh, to to make the championship game and. Texas beats Kansas State in in overtime. Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma. Um, and then I guess the other team you had kind of hanging around was was Iowa State. They they were the fifth team in the uh, five-way tie for first place, and Iowa State loses to Kansas tonight. So you now have two teams. Um, just doing quick math in my head. And sometimes my quick sometimes my quick math can be a little wrong. Uh, there's a reason I'm a journalist, not a math major. But doing the math, uh, that leaves you with two teams um, at the top of the conference, and that's Oklahoma State and Texas. So I guess if the season ended today, unless there's something I'm uh, misconstruing in, in, in the rules of how this all works, if the season ended, ended today, you would have Texas and Oklahoma State going to the going to Arlington for the Big 12 championship game. Take a second and and think about that because 6 weeks ago this Oklahoma State team was 2 and 2, a terrible loss to South Alabama, a not pretty loss to Iowa State and it seemed like no direction. Well, all of a sudden they're seven and two, um, going into three games against, I'll say it, pretty easy opponents. You got BYU, you've got Houston, you've got UCF. All three new, all three of those teams are newcomers to the conference. All three of those teams are jumping to the Power Five level, and as expected, it, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get used to what that looks like. Um, so yeah, if you're an OSU fan, you probably look at this and I don't, I'm not going to say book your ticket, 
I'm not going to say buy the Big 12 championship ticket just yet. Um, There's still three games and anything can happen in those three games. That's not supposed to happen. But point being, the path is there. And six weeks ago, I mean, we think about this. If we follow the narrative of this Oklahoma State team, six weeks ago, we were having conversations, what is Mike Gundy's buyout? Six weeks later, we're talking about this team going to the conference championship, and that that sets you up for a great bowl game. I'm not going to just say you get a good bowl game. You're getting a great bowl game at, at that point. Um, and who would have thought now? <laughs> I mean, the, 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 you might have the case to say you've seen Mike Gundy's worst coaching performance and best coaching performance in the same season in, in a in a six games or what would it be seven game span you've seen his worst coaching performance and his best coaching performance and uh while we were in the press box uh we had the whole Tulsa World Sports staff up in the press box tonight uh, obviously it was bedlam and uh Bill Haston our, our columnist just kind of posed the question of who you know kind of a rhetorical question just of who would you say is the Big 12 coach of the year right now? Is it Mike Gundy? Because I think it might be. I mean, I'd be curious to hear what you guys think of that. Um, you know, shoot me shoot me an email. Give me, give me your thoughts on that. Because uh, I don't know if I quite have my concrete thoughts on that just yet. But but it's, it's fascinating to think about because... I mean, just this this turnaround with with the roster that they have. I mean, you've got somebody like Rashad Owens who started the season as a third string wide receiver. Uh, you know, he's going for 136 yards tonight. He got targeted 17 times, made 10 receptions. Uh, let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, 17 targets, 10 receptions, 136 yards. The leading receiver tonight, Alan Bowman. Alan Bowman outdueled uh, Dylan Gabriel. I mean, if you would have said 24 hours ago, which quarterback will win their team this game if it comes down to quarterback play, I think you'd be crazy not to say Dylan Gabriel. Um, you know, he was a after that text after OU Texas, he was a fringe Heisman candidate, but Alan Bowman. Completes 67% of his passes, 335 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but but I don't think that's really the, the crux of the way he plays. You know, he he rushes for a touchdown. Uh Ollie Gordon rushes for two, but what Alan Bowman was able to do is is you know, he he was the MVP of that team tonight. And would you have thought that? Back against South Alabama when he was getting booed off the field at home, he was getting booed. I, it, once again, it, it's one of those things where it's so hard to judge a team, a season, a performance early on because you don't know what you have. This is just the transfer portal way. Um, and, and, you know, 
now that you're nine games into a season, I think you get a better grasp than you did three games in. Uh, I, I still think the the rotation at quarterback and running back, it, it, the Allen Bowman and Ali Gordon have proved that was not necessary. Like it was always supposed to be Ali Gordon. It was always supposed to be Allen Bowman. Um, and and they look the part so far. On on the defensive side, I, I think they did just enough. It I think it gets thrown around a little too much with uh, defensive play. I think the phrase bend, don't break gets thrown around a little bit too much, but I think it's pretty accurate with, with this OSU team. They bent tonight. They they let up you know a 65-yard touchdown run. They let up a 49-yard reception. They struggled on third downs, especially third and longs. Um, but when it mattered, they got the stop. They got. They, I mean, they have a true freshman, Dylan Smith. Think about this: you got true freshman Dylan Smith, and he's able to have the knowledge, ability, just a presence to know. You know, it's fourth and five. I can't let them get five yards, and he's able to go out there and make a tackle on Drake Stoops, a sixth-year wide receiver at OU, and he's able to keep. Drake Stoops from from getting that first down, turnover on downs, and oh, she was able to kneel out the 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 rest of the the clock. And I mean that that to me is just the epitome of this team's going to let up the big play. I think that we're nine games in to to I'm nine games into covering this team. I think the defense is just always going to let up those big plays, those chunk plays. They're going to happen. Um, I don't think they can do. They're not at the point where where they can fix that. I I think this is just part of the identity, uh, and your identity is not always going to be clean and and proper. Um, there's going to be flaws to it, and I think this is just going to be a flaw to this year's team. But I think what. If you if you're looking for like the bright takeaway on the defenses, they can get the stop when they need to, and, and they've shown that continually. Um, and they win they win the quote unquote last bedlam. Um, I I won't go too deep down the rabbit hole of of what I think happens. Um. You know, Mike Gundy says this is the last regular season you're probably going to see, you know, in his opinion, they're going to probably eventually get matched up in a bowl game. I think that's a, a realistic possibility. Um, but the way everybody talks about conference realignment and they want to call this, they want to call college football NFL junior and you're eventually going to have, you know, your top tier programs all in one conference. There's going to be, you know, 32 teams and you split it across, you know, you put eight teams in four divisions or whatever the, however people want to mock that up and, and draw it up and implement it. You know, I'm sure that there's, there's no rhyme or reason to it right now, but point being you probably eventually, if this continual national kind of conglomeration of these top programs eventually get together and are end up in the same conference, 
you're telling me OU and OSU wouldn't be put in the same. I think they they not only get put in the same conference in, in this you know tier one uh, uh, of it all. You probably get OU and OSU in the same one. You're not you're telling me they're not going to play another game, another regular season game. Um, I, it, it'll probably be a couple of years, but I don't think this is the final bedlam we're ever going to see in in football. But it, there will be a hiatus, a hiatus uh, for sure. Um, but as always, I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Shoot me an email. A lot of you guys do after the after games, after the post game pod. I'm curious to hear what you guys think about. Is this the final bedlam? Is Mike Gundy the Big 12 Coach of the Year right now? Just your overall kind of thoughts and impressions. Um, because yeah, you've got an OSU team that's that's buzzing right now. Um, you know, and and when you talk about energy, the, the, they showed it on Saturday. Um, not just the team, but the fan base. I mean, the the field got rushed. I almost got trampled, but that's neither here nor there. That is the uh, that's part of the job. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, me and Juan, we've not had this conversation in weeks. Yeah, the the concern level, right? What is the concern around this program? And we had it as high as a nine point five. Uh, would have been week three. The South Alabama game. We, me and Juwan, put that at a nine point five. We we didn't want to do ten out of ten on the concern level. I think after K State, we dropped it to about six or seven. Uh, I think that was the last time we would have done it. So, I guess my parting thought to to everybody listening, and thank you for listening as always. Uh, I think the concern level around this program, you probably put it at a two. A one or a two. I don't think you can ever be as even a program like Georgia. I don't think you ever put it at a zero. Um, but I think it's somewhere between one and two because come Tuesday when the college football playoff rankings debut, you're probably talking about an OSU team that's 15th, 16th in the country might be a smidge high maybe more like 17 mid middle teens is where I'll I'll put my prediction for uh where OSU ends up in the college football playoff rankings but talk about a turnaround talk about a success story like you've never seen under a coach like Mike Gundy um this OSU team has become a national story in in a ton of ways um and and you, you know you you if you're OSU you now have a chance to be ten and two and get a great bowl game and see where it takes you from there. So I'll leave it there right now. Uh, as always, feel free to hit me up, Twitter, email, whatever it is. I always like to hear from you guys and what you think. Um. And, uh, yeah, as always, our podcast, Apple, Spotify, Google, everywhere you like to listen to us, we're there and we're free because we like to talk to you guys. So thank you for listening. Uh, me and Juwan will be back Tuesday. So keep an eye out for that episode. 
Uh, Dean Rule, OSU Sports Extra Podcast. We're out.